When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Player Profiler Faithful, it's your pal, Maddie Keywoman. Welcome to episode 13 of The Game Plan. I am coming at you from sunny Florida. Me and the fam are down in Disney. Look at the room. I am in one of the kids' rooms. It's a Star Wars theme. We're feeling the vibe. I got the Mickey hat. It's a great time. But just because I'm on a little vacay with the fam doesn't mean we can't we we, we can forget about our Week 13 matchups. We still have to game plan. We got to prep to to win this week. Because let's face it, ladies and gents. Week 13 is a big week. We are trying to make a playoff push. We are trying to lock in a first round bye. And speaking of which, today's show, that is what exactly what we're going to be talking about. We are going to be talking about how to make a last second push for the playoffs and take a really concentrated look at these next two weeks, at week 13 and week 14. Of course, we're going to do a little bargain bin shopping. Be, be quite frank, I wish there was more bargain bin options down here. It's quite expensive, but that's neither here nor there. And then no homework today, ladies and gents. Homework-free episode, nothing to take home. I know you got your hands full. There's a lot going on in the fantasy world, so there will be no homework, but that's okay. We're still going to do it. So come on, let's start game planning for our Week 13 matchups. So as always, we start every single show with the updated injury report because you got to know who's on the field and who is going to miss. That is the first step in game planning for your week 13 matchup. So the missed practices at the end of the week, Mike Williams, he will actually miss the entire game. He's out again with that ankle injury. He's high ankle effed, as we call it here at Player Profiler. Brandon Cooks is also out with a calf injury. Kadarius Tony, he'll miss yet another contest. The Chiefs Week 13 matchup will happen against the Bengals without Mr. Kadarius Tony. And Leonard Fournette, he's uh, practiced in full and is expected to play after missing some practices early. So that's a, a pretty good sign for Mr. Fournette. Now on to the limited practice at the end of the week. Josh Jacobs is questionable with his calf thing. I put that in quotes. Uh, he should play, and if last week is any indication, I think he'll be ready to rock. I think he had almost 40 touches last week with his injury, and he dominated, had a, damn near 50 fantasy points. So if he's in, he's in your lineup. Travis Etienne is questionable, but his head coach said, and I quote, he's good to go. We've covered Etienne quite a bit this week on Player Profile Today with Jack Kavanaugh. 
So you should be up to date on that news, but make sure you monitor that situation heading into Sunday. He is still questionable with a hamstring injury, but the 49ers are expecting Debo Samuel to be a full go. So if you roster Debo and you got to get him in your lineup, I would probably do so in a potential drag race against the Miami Dolphins. Joe Mixon is still in concussion protocol, so his status for Sunday is certainly well, it's not certain. It's uncertain, uh, to be matter of fact. And if he's out, you're firing up Samaje P. Ryan in a pretty good matchup for running backs to catch the ball. So in a possible shootout with the Chiefs, a guy like Samaje P. Ryan can bring a lot of value to your lineup. So hopefully you held on, even though it looked in the beginning of the week like Joe Mixon was going to return. So hopefully you held on tight and can use him this week. Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton both practiced in a limited fashion. Sutton is expected to play. He's dealing with an illness that only popped up on Friday. And Judy actually got his first limited practice session in on Friday. So that questionable tag is a strong one. We're not sure if he's going to make his, his return to the field just quite yet. So, again, if you've relied on Judy, if you're going to rely on Judy, if you want to have him in your lineup, you're going to have to pay attention to the reports that come out on Saturday. Now to the good stuff, the full practices, the stuff that we like, right? The, the limited's okay. Mispractices bet for the birds. Full practice we like because it means our boys are on the field on Sunday. And speaking of being back on the field on Sunday, Justin Fields will be back this Sunday after logging multiple full practices. So that shoulder injury, uh, I imagine it's not a full uh, go, but it's good enough to remove that injury tag. So we like to see it. Could probably temper expectations uh, in a kind of a tough matchup against the Packers. But the way he's been running the ball, the way he's been getting that offense going, if I have him, I'm playing him for sure. CMC is off the 49ers injury report after a great interview where he said he's going to be 100% full go rockets up, wheels up, ready to rock on Sunday. Jamar Chase is questionable, but logged in his first full practice on Friday, and his head coach said he is optimistic he will return. I've been burned by this before, so I'll see it when I see it, because Mr. Zach Taylor, I thought you and Joe Burrow had me going last week. I was expecting him to be back in uniform in week 12. He wasn't. <laughs> Actually, right after I stopped recording the game plan, he basically was uh, announced that he was out. So when I see the injury tag removed uh, or if I see him in the lineup, that's when I'll be excited. And believe me, getting Jamar Chase back will be very exciting. Raheem Moster is looking like he will return to action and take on his former team, the 49ers. Uh, what does that mean for Jeff Wilson? We shall see. It's looking like that split will remain, uh, I think, two weeks ago is what, about 65-35 or 60-40, uh, something in that nature to Jeff Wilson's favor. So I'm expecting Jeff Wilson to still carry uh, uh, more of the carries, more of the workload. So if you roster Jeff Wilson, you're still playing him. If you have Raheem Mostert, probably see if you can find another option because I don't know exactly what his role will be coming back from that knee injury. Isaiah Likely is also no longer carrying an injury designation heading into Week 13. More on him later in the show and both Packer backs are ready to go and off the final report. So Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are ready to rock this Sunday against the bears after leaving practice early on Wednesday, giving me personally a mighty, mighty scare. Lamar Jackson practiced both Thursday and Friday and is off the injury report with that quad injury. Uh, so it is exciting to see him ready to go. I for one am very excited to see him in uniform as I roster him in the Golden Pony Fantasy Football Experience. So it's good to see him in there. Will he perform in a very tough matchup for quarterbacks, the Denver Broncos? Uh, I'm using him because 
we'll go over a little bit more of that matchup later, but it seems like uh, there, there are some good indications that Lamar can perform in this week. Uh, so that's actually going to wrap up the injury updates for week 13. Let's keep it going. Keep this train a moving to the very first segment this week. I'm calling it the push. That's we. That's right. So basically, I'm looked. I broke down the week 13 and week 14 matchups by position. Similarly to last week when I talked about the playoff schedule, I used the player profiler next game uh, metric for each individual position. So I broke that down last week. I'm using the same metric this week because I believe that it's it's really beneficial to use. Uh, it's one of the things on player profilers, player pages. That's it's a really, really, really great tool to use when you're prepping for your week matchups. Uh, so we're using the same thing, the points allowed over to the mean uh, for each position. So we're going to go through it really quickly about quarterbacks, running backs, kind of how you can tackle those positions, how you can look at making the right choices if you need to win these next two weeks. And like I said, it could be for – uh, a playoff spot it can be for a round one buy either way you need these win wins we're going to break it down now to how you can get those wins so breaking down the schedule here i'm going to uh share the ske- the screen yet again i did it last week uh and it was actually pretty cool i was haven't done it <laughs> so far this year so i'm pretty excited to do it here uh, let me just make it a little bit there we go all right so as you can see uh, the best matchups here for the next two weeks is Jacksonville, Denver, the Chargers, and the Rams, and the Bengals, which is obviously pretty great. I'm going to blow it up just a little bit more here for everyone to see. Uh, here we go. So we got Jacksonville, Denver, the Chargers, the Rams, and the Bengals, followed by the next five being the Lions, the Falcons, the Steelers, the Patriots, and the Eagles. So what do I take away from this? Uh, are you trusting Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited? No, I'm not. You, how can you? How can you? He, he, I think I don't think he's had over 15 fantasy points in a month. He just hasn't been reliable. But if you're absolutely up shit's creek without a paddle uh, and you need something, at least the matchups are there. I, I really hate to do that and really talk like this because there's zero confidence that uh, you know I'm conveying in this. But when you look at the, the Baltimore matchup, it's ninth in points allowed to the mean. And the Kansas City Chiefs next week is the third best. He's at home in that matchup against the Chiefs. But, ah, man, I'm, I'm a little bit more nervous. What I'm very excited about, I will say, is the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, matchup because the Jaguars here uh, – let me go ahead and stop sh- sharing the screen. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, more specifically, has been playing really good football. Uh, he played great last week against the, the Ravens, and I think he can keep the train moving at Detroit indoors. He's not going to have to worry about the elements. He's he's going against a very soft defense, one that's really been gracious to quarterbacks. You're looking at – you saw that it was a top-10 metric uh, with 2.32 points over the mean. And then he's at Tennessee, which has been the fourth most advantageous matchup uh, for quarterbacks. So if, you, if you're in one of those 30% of leagues where Trevor Lawrence is available – you got to scoop them up. And if your trade deadline hasn't passed, and I know a lot of them have, so trades are becoming less and less uh, an option for, for league people, uh, for people of certain leagues out there. But if you can make a trade for Trevor Lawrence, yeah, you're probably buying a, a tad high. But if you're making a playoff push, you have to do it. And I'm talking seasonal leagues. In Dynasty, this is a way different uh, 
this is way totally harder to make. Going after Trevor, hey, can I get Trevor Lawrence for two weeks? No, it ain't happening at Dynasty, but you might be able to swing something in your season leagues. And when you look at Trevor Lawrence's profile, I like what I'm seeing. You're seeing, a, a, you know, the 11th most passing yards, the 11th most air yards. He has 16 touchdowns on the year. You has the uh, thir- he's ranks 13th. In the amongst qualified quarterbacks with 6.7 adjusted yards per attempt, all of those signs are pretty encouraging for uh, Trevor Lawrence's continued success. So I'm really in on that. As far as you know, the the, the charges, it's not it's not going to be easy to to get Herbert on your team. So you're probably going to have to let that happen. But if you do roster Herbert, sit tight and get ready for some good weeks. Uh, he should help you out there. And then I look, I see Goff. He has that Jacksonville matchup and then a home matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. And we just saw Minnesota let up a hundred million yards to Mac Jones. So if you can get your hands on a golf or a Mariota, Mariota is the buy, but if you're playing week to week, he's got a great matchup this week. The most advantageous matchup for opposing quarterbacks is presented by the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So some options here to get your hands on for a playoff push. If you can get T-Law, that'd be fantastic. If you can get Jared Goff or Mariota, I am in on those as well. As far as the Rams situation, it's a great matchup both into over the next couple of weeks, but <clears throat> excuse me, between Walford and Bryce Perkins, I don't know. Stafford's out this week again with the non-concussion concussion. I don't know what to expect there. So I'm not, I'm kind of staying away from the Rams situation. Burrow obviously is really unobtainable at this point. So some of the targets at quarterback, if you need wins, right? Listen up. If you need wins these next two weeks, see if you can get your hands on T-Law or Jared Goff. That's more likely given that he's more available in leagues in Marcus Mariota if you're playing it week by week. Figure out week 14 next week. I get that. Sometimes you just need to win now. Now, when you look at the bottom of the list, I see a few things that highlight uh, something to me. The thing that actually stands out the most, I would say, at the bottom of this list is the fact that Deshaun Watson uh, has the second hardest couple of weeks coming in. So he will be returning after not playing football for damn near two years. He's going to be at his old stadium in Houston and then at Cincinnati. Both matchups are outside the top 25 for opposing quarterbacks. Um, So that is something I am not all that excited to roster. So if you were waiting on Deshaun and you find yourself in a spot where you need these wins now, maybe try to move off and and get a guy like Goff and Frazier. Or if your deadline is still uh, hasn't passed yet, trade him. Trade him now for Maybe he's something that can swing a T-Law trade. And that would be something to look to do because these next couple weeks are not great. The playoffs look a hell of a lot better for him and his pass catchers. But these next two weeks are tough. Uh, Josh Allen, the Bills are at the bottom of this list, but you're never benching Allen. But we did see him have a down week on Thursday, uh, right around 20 fantasy points, which is low for the standard he has set this year. Uh, The Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys have a tough schedule. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady have a tough go at it. But if I have Brady, I'm looking to stream these next couple of weeks. I believe he seems to always kind of drop the bag against the Saints. Uh, he does not have a, a good track record of these last few outings against the Saints. So and then he's at San Fran, which San Francisco has been a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks. They're 29th in terms of fantasy points allowed to the mean. So if you roster Brady, uh, Prescott, or Deshaun, Maybe look to stream if your trade deadline hasn't passed. You can move off of them to kind of go for it now. And Kansas City, who has a tough run at it these next two weeks, what are you going to do? You have Mahomes. He's going to run it with Mahomes because he's just he's throwing freaking darts this year. So I do not uh, at all look to get off of Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not doing that. I'm going to keep him and just keep starting him. He's been so, so, so good. Okay, so let's look at the running back position now. 
in terms of these next weeks, the more advantageous uh, matchups for running backs here. Let me go ahead and drag this out so you guys can see it. All right, so the top five running back matchups for the next two weeks is the Minnesota Vikings, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Dallas Cowboys, the Cleveland Browns, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the thing that stood out the most to me right away was if the quarterbacks are going to have tough matchups, and I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns and the Dallas Cowboys, and their running backs have easy matchups, and they are teams set up to run the ball well, that could be a situation where you're creating a funnel now for these teams to try to run the ball and look looking for really good games out of Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, and Zeke. Uh, even Kareem Hunt could get in on some action if uh, Cleveland looks to blow out Houston. I don't think they'll blow out Cincinnati in Cincinnati next week. Uh, but this matchup here this week is so good for, for Cleveland that if you have a Nick Chubb, get very excited about it. Uh, and if you have a Kareem Hunt, and you you have to be certainly very desperate. He's he's gonna he's gonna suck this year, to be quite frank. And the Eagles, Miles Sanders is coming off his best game of the season, and he sees two top eleven matchups over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so the fact that uh, he should keep the ball rolling, I, I like that there for for Miles Sanders. Now we're looking at the next five most advantageous matchups over the next two weeks. I see Atlanta. I see the Rams. I see the New York Giants, the New York Jets, and the Green Bay Packers. So. If you're looking to to cash in on a on a good week from AJ Dillon and use him again this week against the Cleveland uh, the Chicago Bears could present a very good opportunity to to use him once again. They are on bye in Week 14, as are the the Falcons, as I mentioned a minute ago. So you're really looking at just this one week to capitalize on it. But sometimes when you're trying to make a playoff run, if you're trying to get to that top spot, you got to take it week by week. It's tough to kind of consolidate it all into one. Uh, decision here you can take it week by week and if you win this week make another decision next week and, and so on and so forth so I'm looking at the, the the Jets if you picked up Bam Knight you're probably pretty excited even if you grab Tyler Johnson here at the end uh, some guys we're definitely going to talk about here in a minute uh, these matchups look very juicy especially this at Minnesota indoors matchup with the third most advantageous matchup for running backs fire them up and maybe you should and we have a little bit more information on them here in a minute so that is the most advantageous matchups for running backs now we are going to talk about the duds I see at the bottom five I have the Chargers the Raiders the the Cardinals, the Chiefs, and the 49ers. Oh, so what do I see here? I see right now that if you have James Conner, I mentioned this in the Fantasy Football Market Watch uh, that comes out on Player Profiler Twitter handle uh, every Tuesday. Uh, make sure you check that out. That James Conner's volume is worth the you know pushing through the bad matchups. But given that he has a bye this week and then he has the Patriots at home on Monday Night Football and the Patriots have shown to be a pretty stout run defense in terms of the fantasy points allowed to the mean, uh, it, it could be time to grab yourself a, a backup here. Get ready to stream. And again, it's about your trade deadline, but if you can make trades, look to move off them. Now, if you're a, a Eckler owner, I wouldn't get so worried. I know they're at the bottom here, but the Raiders are the 12th most advantageous matchup so it's really not all that bad this week in week 13 and then in week 14 they host the Miami Dolphins now the Miami Dolphins have been good at stopping the rush in terms of fantasy points but they've given up a ton of points to pass catching running backs and unless you've been living under a rock you know that Austin Eckler is fantastic at catching the ball so I would have zero worries of his output over the next two weeks Jacobs his volume is insane 
I'm not I, again. I'm not really worried about it. I'm not going to move off him. I'm going to keep using him and just hope that these bad matchups don't catch up to him because you know he's versed the the Chargers this weekend, uh, who give up the 16th most or six, they're in about middle of the pack. They're 16th in points allowed to the mean, but they also give up a lot to pass catching running backs. And we've seen all season that Josh Jacobs can absolutely handle his role in the pass catching uh, department. So again, I'm looking at the bottom of this list. I'm not really all that worried. I'm not really fraying off of the guys that I've been trusting all year, even with bad matchups, because either the volume is there or in PPR leagues, the the catches are there. So I'm not really as scared about that uh, in terms of uh, my running back situation. So uh, I'm not really fraying at the bottom, but I am trying to take advantage of some of the ones that we talked about here with good matchups. So let's talk about some wide receivers, shall we? Uh, Some guys that have uh, good matchups here at the top of uh, this list of week 13 and 14, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Denver Broncos. There's that Denver team again. The Las Vegas Raiders, Seattle Seahawks, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have great uh, next two weeks. So if you roster ETN, if you roster Zay Jones or Kirk, Christian Kirk, if you can get Trevor Lawrence, I mean, there are some really juicy matchups that should help you propel yourself, whether it's, like I said, a, a first round by or getting in the playoffs in general. You want to get these wins. This You definitely want some Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, in terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers now, let me go ahead and go back to sharing this screen uh, so everyone can see what I'm talking about here at the top of the list. Um I see great matchups for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. It's been tough. They've been splitting the fantasy load, it feels like, for the all season. Um, but given these matchups, look at what you're seeing here. The top three at Atlanta indoors and then a, a divisional matchup against the the most advantageous uh, matchup for receivers in Baltimore next week. So I am, if I have a, a Deontay Johnson or George Pickens, I'm definitely putting them in my lineup because this is presenting some really good chances for scoring. Uh, we're actually going to talk about the signal caller in Pittsburgh here soon enough. Uh, Denver, again, I am going to the Cortland Sutton well. I actually just traded for him in one of my leagues. Uh, so I'm definitely going to be relying on him this week and potentially next week, uh, as long as that illness doesn't prove to be too scary going into Sunday. I'll use him at Baltimore and home against Kansas City, 13-14, to because even though Russ has been an absolute dud, he's been the opposite of Mr. Unlimited. He's been quite frankly very very limited Sutton's still getting the ball he's had 13 points over the last two weeks uh and he's hovering around 100 yards yeah I think it was six for 60 no seven for 60 or six for seven I I should pull that up actually because I'm very curious to see exactly but he's hovering around you know 100 yards so if you have 100 yard bonuses in your leagues those will start kicking in soon enough because over the last few weeks, he's been great. So over the last three weeks, 12.6, 13, 13 and a half, which is great for your flex, your flex position. Um, he's getting great route participation. He's on the field over 90% of the time. And he's seen 11, seven and eight targets over his last three games. The air yards are there. So uh, I'm expecting some great weeks for Cortland Sutton, given the uh, soft matchups that we will see here. Very excited about that. Um, uh, let me go ahead. Just get my screen back up. Here we go. All right. So now at the bottom of the list is what I'm seeing. I'm all seeing two great matchups for DK and Tyler Lockett. So Geno Smith, people get excited. So at the bottom of the list, I see the Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the LA Rams, the Cleveland Browns, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're seeing a pattern here. There are a group of teams that are having really tr- – they'll have tough times throwing the ball. I'm talking about the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the, the, the Browns. So if you have a, 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 a Amari Cooper, 
Um, this is a chance to now, you know, if you have to get wins, you bench him for a guy like a Cortland Sutton. You bench him for a potential streamer because we know that um, Amari Cooper has had a tough time on the road, and these games are both on the road against tough defenses against wide receivers. So he does have a great playoff schedule, but if you're not in the playoffs, who cares? So you got to get to the playoffs. So maybe look for a streamer elsewhere for Cooper. He's been so good. But we also don't know how it's going to be with Deshaun. We hope it's going to be fantastic. I see in my mind some great, uh, you know, routes run by Amari, great passes from Deshaun. But we don't know what's going to happen overall. This guy, Deshaun, hasn't played in two years, and he's just had a, you know, who knows what his mind is going to be now that he's going back to Houston in his first game back, all that stuff. So uh, I might be looking for a uh, pass catcher elsewhere. As as far as Chris Godwin. Uh, at Tampa Bay, I know they're tough matchups, but his volume has been so great. He's just seen double-digit targets seemingly every week uh, over the last month and a half. So I'm sticking with Godwin. I'm not worrying. Uh, as far as C.D. Lamb, again, he's a stud. Your studs, you, you, it's tough to sit studs. Now, like, Omari Cooper's been a stud, but when the when the proof here, the evidence here is so apparent, you're kind of like, eh, I think I can. That's what the game plan is for. That's why you come to the game plan to try to think of actual or additional ways to win your matchups. So that's that's what I'm looking to do there. I will be benching Amari Cooper uh, this week uh, for sure. Um, now let's move on to the tight end position here. Uh, okay, so the tight ends that come up, the most advantageous matchups for tight ends are the Chargers, the Rams, the Patriots, the 49ers, and believe it or not, the Arizona uh, Cardinals. They have a bye this week, so you really can't rely on a guy like that. They have Trey McBride and all that excited about. The tight end position, when I went and did this, when I broke this down, there wasn't a whole lot that stuck out to me. I mean, you could get a, your hands on a guy like Gerald Everett. That might work out for you, but he's pretty much rostered throughout sleeper formats, so it's tough for uh, you to get to pick him up. And if you can't make trades, you can't really get into that. Tyler Higby, the same thing. He's about 85% rostered amongst streamer platforms, so getting your hands on him is tough. Hunter Henry. You might want him next week if you can pick him up for the Monday night matchup against the Cardinals. He already played Thursday, so you kind of can't do anything there. Kittle, again, what are you doing? You can't really trade for him. But what did stick out for me is even though uh, Pat Mahomes has a tough go at it these next two weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs, in terms of their tight end, you know, a guy you may have heard about, Travis Kelsey, he has two pretty good matchups for these next two weeks. So as long as if Mahomes gets him the ball, you should be very excited because, I mean, he has – been an absolute game changer so far this season um, also uh, another game changer the tight end position mark andrews has a top 10 uh push schedule here these next two weeks so if you have andrews even though he's been a little bit uh lackluster in his performance you can rely on him this next two weeks i think he'll be someone who really explodes matter of fact i wrote him up in the fantasy supermarket article this week he's my buy of the week if your deadline has not passed and you can even just get a sliver of hope to acquire a game changer like mark andrews go ahead and do that for sure because Mark Andrews is so, so, so good. So that is uh, something I'm very excited to try to do anyway, is that. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here for the bottom portion of, uh, here we go, of the, there it is. Okay. So as you can see here at the bottom, we have the bottom five is the Raiders, the Texans, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, and the Bucks. Again, the Bucks just have a tough push schedule. These next two weeks may not go particularly well. But when I see this, I don't really see a tight end of note that I care all that much about. Uh, and even when you go up the list a few more, Philadelphia, they don't have Goddard, so you're not really worried. What you, you're not really using Austin Hooper, uh, Mo Alley-Cox, or Jelani Woods here in Indy as I go up this list. So, I mean... 
I don't see a whole lot of consequence for the, the, the tight ends when I made this schedule, when I did this research, I mean, and there's not much to really go off of here. So the tight end stuff, uh, the tight end push list, you're kind of just relying on the guys you have been. Uh, there's a lot here in the middle portion of the push schedule that you might want to take advantage of. Something that comes to mind here for if you're going a week-by-week basis is the Cincinnati Bengals, if you can get uh, Hayden Hurst. The Chiefs present a top 10 uh, matchup for opposing tight ends, so that's uh, good news there. Uh, so that's something that stuck out to me. But in terms of the tight end push schedule, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot that came out of it. And there was a lot more juice that came out of some of the other uh, notes that I know that I saw in the research here. So sometimes it just it is what it is. You can't uh, necessarily get a whole lot from it, but it's fine. We 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 got what we needed, right? We, we're game planning here. We're working. We're getting things done. We're, we're getting ready for our week 13 matchups and beyond. So that's going to wrap up the making the push segment. Uh, so I hope that you can take some of that information. You can use it into your advantage and get some wins in these next two weeks. Get in the playoffs, baby. Get that one seed. We need to get them dubs. Throw them dubs up here for the game plan. So I'm hoping the push schedule helps you do that. And if you have any questions about the push schedule, make sure you find me on Twitter. I'm at Medicum. Or if you're in the Discord for Player Profiler, make sure you can just hit me up there as well. I'll, I'll answer any questions I can, even on vacation. Don't tell my family. Okay, so... Before I get into the bargain bin, I'd like to talk to each and every one of you about the best fantasy platform in the known universe. I'm talking about it is easy to use. It's clean. It's the best place to take your best ball leagues, your dynasty leagues, your seasonal leagues, all leagues. Take them to this spot. And I'm talking about Sleeper, baby. Sleeper is fantastic. I have taken... a pretty much all of my leagues to sleeper because like I said, it's easy to use. It's clean. It's a great app in terms of navigating through making trades, the things that we love to do here at the game plan. It just makes all of it easy. And not only is the seasonal formats, your best fall formats, your dynasty stuff, not only is that perfectly perfect on sleeper, they now have weekly prop bets. You can do the over under on the players that you know best. So when you're looking at your team, I'm looking at my app right now. Okay, I got my phone out. I'm looking at it. I got Travis Kelsey. He's got his prop over under. Hmm, what am I going to take? The over, baby. Of course I'm taking the over. And if you want to play these weekly uh, prop games and use that promo code Underworld, you can get a deposit match up to $100 on Sleeper. So just like I said, if you're using the app, Use the promo code Underworld. Get yourself a deposit match up to $100 and use some of those props because it's, like I said, Sleeper is fantastic for all formats. And now for your weekly formats, if you're out of the playoffs, I'm sorry. If you can't make it, you've been booted. You're no longer in contention. I'm sorry. But you can still play your over-unders on Sleeper and use the promo code Underworld. Get you a deposit match up to $100. Now, let's go into the bargain bin because... We're trying to make the playoffs here. We're trying to lock in that one seed. We need to dive deep into the bargain bin and get these players going. First guy I'd like to talk about for the quarterback position is Mr. Mike White. Mike White came in last week and uh, replaced Zach Wilson, former number two overall pick, and he lit it up 315 yards, uh, 24.8 fantasy points. He was quarterback six on the week and this week he is at minnesota mike white despite a good matchup or a good week last week is only 20 percent rostered on sleeper formats 
he is 5,400 on DraftKings, 6,900 on FanDuel. Player profile has him ranked at QB 23. I'm at QB 22, so we're pretty locked up there. Uh, the over-under at Minnesota is 42, and the Jets are three-point dogs. This will not be the only time you hear about the Jets in uh, Minnesota Vikings matchup. Uh, but like I said, Mike White is coming off a pretty good game. Temper expectations a tad because last year he did have a great matchup, a great a great game against the Bengals, and then proceeded to um, kind of have a dud through a bunch of picks, showed that maybe he wasn't ready for the main stage. But it seems like the Jets, the reports coming out of New York, is they're going to give Zach Wilson weeks off. They want him to get his head right. They want him to potentially fix whatever ailments that's meant that's that's hurting him, whether it's mental or uh, mechanical. Which means Mike White is going to start over the next couple weeks. So if you pick him up, use him this week. It's a great matchup uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. They present two point three two points to the mean, which is the sixth most advantageous mark for a quarterback. So given the easy matchup, given the momentum that he's building and the weapons, man, Mike Williams, I mean, Mike White has himself some weapons to throw to. Elijah Moore scored. uh, Garrett Wilson scored twice last week. So I was absolutely uh, in love with what I saw last week, and I'm I'm willing to use him again in week 13. Uh, So the next quarterback that I'd like to talk about is is a rookie. We haven't mentioned him at all this year on the game plan. You know, it's it's a first for everything, right? And we're going to talk about Mr. Kenny Pickett. He's 23% rostered. The Pittsburgh Steelers are at the Atlanta Falcons. He's 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,700 on FanDuel. Player profile and myself have them both right around 20. He's 20 on player profile and 19th in my rank. So we're pretty, again, lockstep on these quarterback ranks. The 42.5 over-under isn't particularly encouraging, but sometimes beggars can't be choosers. And the, the matchup presented is even, actually. So on the road is an even matchup, which is uh I guess that's something that we could be pretty excited about uh, because if it's going to be a dogfight, it's indoors and it's two teams with pretty decent offenses. We could see a little bit more scoring than the projections suggest. Now, over these last three weeks, Kenny Pickett has he has not eclipsed 20 fantasy points, but he's playing relatively well. Uh, he had 265 yards against Cincinnati in week 11. And if George Pickens didn't drop that 50 yard bomb, it's a way better game. Uh, last week against the Colts, he didn't particularly ball out, but he was still a top 25 quarterback, which in one QB formats is kind of garbaggio, but in your super flex, you're, you'll take it. Uh, but I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. And when I look forward, I see Atlanta. They present the eighth most advantageous matchup for opposing quarterbacks. And we went, we talked about it in the push schedule. The wide receivers have a great matchup this week as well. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Frymuth's been super reliable. Uh, Najee Harris is expected to play. If not, Jalen Warren's expected to be back there. So he's going to have his full repertoire of weapons. And because of that, because of the easy matchup, Kenny Pickett is absolutely someone that if you're in a pinch, you need to stream and you're looking in the bargain bin, maybe look no further than first round pick Kenny Pickett. The next guy I'm going to talk about the next, this is going to be a first actually in game plan history uh, is I'm just going to dive right into, it. I, I, you know, I'll bury the hatchet, whatever. Here we go. It is. I'm going to talk about both uh, New York jet running backs, uh, both Zonovan Knight and Tyler Johnson. Michael Carter is doubtful. Uh, to play this week he suffered an ankle injury he's not looking to play James Robinson was a healthy scratch last week and Zonovan Knight came in and looked 
absolutely great. Uh, he really did tear it up. He had uh, 14 carries. He ran 11 routes, got three targets, caught all three. And in those 17 touches, he had 103 total yards. He finished with 13.3 fantasy points, which was good for running back 23 on the week. And he did all that with a 50% snap share. So if we see those snaps go up, we will absolutely like what he can be. He showed to be pretty efficient in his one outing last week in week 12. And when you look at his matchup against the Vikings, man, oh man, does this look good for the New York Jets. 4.88 points above the mean. That's the third best mark for opposing running backs. And not only that, they also give up quite in the passing game. So even though the over-under of 42 points isn't great, um, you can get your ha- yourself some some. Bam Knight, who's rostered in about 50% of leagues. Uh, I do have the note, the, the DFS number, so let me go through that uh, because I completely forgot. I'm on vacation, but my stupid brain. Uh, D- DraftKings has him at 4,600, and FanDuel has him at 5,800. Uh, PlayerProfiler.com had him at 43, but that was without that was still with Mike Michael Carter in, so when the update comes before Sunday, that will boost him up. Uh, I expect him to be right around where Michael Carter was ranked at – Quarter, uh, running back 33 which is where i have them uh, like i said jets are the home or the road dogs by three points which isn't really an indicator one direction or another for me uh, personally i'm not really crazy about that but when i look at it zonovan knight's best comparable player khalil herbert someone who i really like his talent profile who's been efficient that's why i'm trying to grab zonovan knight wherever i can he was the hottest waiver wire pickup over this past week so if you got him you're using him and if everyone's asleep at the wheel maybe they're on vacation like me go ahead and pick him up before sunday now his teammate tyler johnson is somebody else that you could absolutely go out and try to pick up he's actually far less rostered than his teammate bam knight which is great so if you weren't able to get a guy like uh, zonovan knight you can get you can get tj Right. And that might, and that could be a cheaper alternative. Sometimes we like cheaper alternatives for Ty Johnson. Um, and I went through all the, the matchup notes here. So I'll just go through his personal statistics here. He's rostered in only 7% of sleeper formats. He's 5,000 on DraftKings, 5,700 on FanDuel. So he's pretty widely available. Uh, player profile has him at running back 72. I have him at 43. But again, once the update happens, if Michael Carter is officially ruled out, you could see both of those rankings shoot up in the player profile ranks. Uh, Michael Carter, it doesn't look like he's going to play. And what I liked about James uh, or Ty Johnson this week or what i liked about him last week which should translate good this week is that that long touchdown run looked good he stiff armed two players he looked very very strong and he did he scored 14.8 fantasy points he was running back 18 on the week with on only 22.4 snap share so if zonovan knight is the a and ty johnson is the b he can still perform he's shown to be a absolutely you know a pretty good weapon in the past game which is good because the minnesota vikings are the seventh easiest matchup for pass catching running backs so if bam knight is going to take the workload but ty johnson's going to play third downs he's going to play two minute drill he's going to play in the pass catching stuff i still think he's a great play here we're going deeper in the bargain bin but that's what we need to do to get these wins to game plan for your week 13 week 14 matchup so if you need a um a running back, look no further than the New York Jets and see if Bam Knight and Ty Johnson are available in your leagues because they could be uh, pretty, pretty good here in Week 13. And we're not leaving this matchup yet, ladies and gents. We are still talking about the Minnesota Jets matchup because if we're going to go bargain bin hunting for wide receivers, I may look no further than Elijah Moore. He's 34% rostered. He's 3,700 on DraftKings, 5,700 on FanDuel. 
player profiler has him ranked at 67. I got him at wide receiver 50, so I'm a little bit more optimistic uh, in his output this week. I already talked about the game matchups, but for one last time, the over-under of 42 in the Jets are home or road dogs by three points. Uh, The Vikings are right about middle of the road for opposing wide receivers. But last week we did see Elijah Moore make a great play. Uh, He, he looked great. He only had two targets caught both of them, but he scored a long touchdown at 50, uh, 64 total yards, 14 points on the week. Uh, when we look at the snapshot, when we look at the routes run, it isn't particularly encouraging, but it is trending in the right direction. Mike White seems to know how to utilize these weapons a little bit better than Zach Wilson was in the beginning part of the year. And what I really like about uh, Elijah Moore this week playing out of the slot, he'll be going up against Chandon Sullivan, and Chandon Sullivan has a negative 7.8 coverage rating. That's 76th amongst cornerbacks. So the matchup for him may not be so bad. And if Mike White can get him the ball and he allow him to just make plays, then you're already hitting pay dirt here at the bottom bit at the bargain bin. So Elijah Moore is someone that I'm definitely looking to potentially get in my lineup. If I'm uh, in trouble, if I was, if I have a DJ Moore or, you know, Hollywood Brown or D hop, then I'm like, ah, man, I need something. Look for Elijah Moore. I think he could pop indoors at Minnesota. Now we're finally getting out of that matchup and going back to another matchup. We already talked about earlier in the show, the, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Atlanta Falcons. So this is super bargain bin. We are going deep. We are throwing everything aside. We are going deep into the bargain bin and are going to talk about Olamide Zacchaeus. He's home against the Steelers. He's only 4% rostered, so he's universally available. 3,600 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. Player profiler has him ranked at 75. I got him at 70, so we're not overly, we're not ranking him all that well, but that doesn't mean he can't produce. Uh, the 42 and a half over under is fine. It's not, it's not great, but again, beggars can't be choosers. The even odds uh, against this matchup. Presents. Uh, we, I talked about it with with Matt, with uh, Kenny Pickett that we kind of like. And what I like about Alameda is when I look at last week, he had 78 percent uh, snap rate, which is one amongst one of the highest in the season. He ran twenty routes. He had eight targets, fought, caught five of them for ninety one yards. He was wide receiver twenty eight on the week. He had eighty eight air yards in that matchup. There's no Kyle Pitts, so after Drake London, where is Marcus Mariota going to throw? It seems like he could go to Alameda Zacchaeus. And when I look at Zacchaeus's matchup this week at or at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's going against the seventh most advantageous matchup. Uh, so I do like what I see on Alameda. You'd have to be pretty desperate to play the former uh, Virginia wide receiver, but that's what the bargain bin is for, is when you're desperado, you need some help. The the Olamide Zacchaeus of the world can be that, uh, <laughs> it could be that, 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 that light at the end of the tunnel when you're just searching for something. So Olamide Zacchaeus, if you're absolutely desperate. Now let's move on to the tight ends. The first tight end I'd like to talk about is a rookie tight end who's flashed uh, a few times this season, and that's Greg Dulcich. He is at Baltimore. He's only 44% rostered, 3,400 on DraftKings, 5,200 on FanDuel. Player profile has him ranked at 15. I do as well. The 38.5 over-under is absolutely garbaggio, but uh, we don't need uh, a whole lot of scoring for your tight ends. You just need one touchdown. He's going to he's gonna cash in for you. 
And Denver is nine and a half point dogs on the road. So if they're playing a little bit of catch up mode, that could present some opportunities for a guy like Greg Dolchitz. He did have a TD called back last week. So his numbers would have looked a whole lot better had he cashed in last week. So that 3.1 points goes up to 10 points. He's a you know, looking a lot better here uh, last week, but his his snap share is still good at 86%. He ran 29 routes. So he's on the field, and that's what we look for. It's running, uh, tight ends that are on the field. He has a 12.3 ADOT, which is second most amongst qualified tight ends, and a 16.6 air yard share, which is the sixth most. So he's getting high usage, and his opportunities are there. And then when you look at this matchup, the Baltimore Ravens are about middle of the road in terms of tight end specific points allowed, but in overall receiving points allowed. They are they give up the most with 25 and a half over the mean. So Greg Dolchitz, given the fact that they may be in comeback mode, given the fact that uh, the Baltimore secondary isn't a stout one by any stretch, could present exactly what we're looking for at tight end. So uh, Greg Dolchitz is an option to use to this week. Matter of fact, I will be using him in one of my leagues. So I will put my money where my mouth is with Mr. Dolchitz. That didn't sound all that right, but well, scratch that. Scratch that. Okay, the next tight end we're going to talk about is actually the person, the, his adversary this week, Isaiah Likely. He has been removed from the injury report. He'll be ready to go. Um, he's only 17% rostered. He's 2,800 on DraftKings, 4,500 on FanDuel. Player profile has him at tight end 30. I got him at tight end 24. We just talked about the overrun at 38.5 is Garbaggio, but they are 9.5 point favorites at home, the Ravens. So they are projected to get a lead. You have to get a lead, and to get a lead, that could come through a guy like Isaiah Likely. Mark Andrews is the tight end one. He's on the field. He'll be that guy. But the defensive matchup, the Denver Broncos are really good at locking down wide receivers, but they present the seventh easiest matchup for opposing tight ends. Uh, and what I see here is they'll probably use some of their good resources to stop a Mark Andrews, and that could leave an opening here for a guy like Likely playing the tight end two role uh, to come in and, and score some 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 pretty good points here. And again, tight ends, the bar is not super high. So we're not looking for something uh, to go absolutely crazy for. We're looking for a touchdown. We're looking for a handful of catching some yards. We're looking for something that we can sink our teeth into and that we can use to win our matchups. And when I look at certain statistics like his fantasy points per game versus expected fantasy points per game, there is a positive regression uh, there a little bit. Not a ton here. I'm not a really super excited about it but it's enough for me to to at least be positive considering that he has a 22.6 target rate which is actually the 10th most amongst qualified tight ends and he runs a lot out of the snap he has 115 snaps out of the slot which is the ninth most out of the tight end position so if they're gonna if the denver broncos are gonna use their secondary they're better players in that in that regard to shut down a guy like isaiah like i mean a guy like mark andrews that could present a lot of opportunities for isaiah likely so if we're searching at the bottom of the of the bargain bin isaiah likely is someone that i may turn to for some help so that's going to wrap up the bargain bin let me do a little quick recap at quarterback we have mike white at minnesota kenny pickett at Atlanta, at running back, we got two New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Bam Knight and Tyler Ty Johnson at Minnesota, Elijah Moore at Minnesota, you heard that a lot, Alameda Zacchaeus versus Pittsburgh, we had Greg Dolchich at Baltimore, and we had Isaiah Likely versus Denver. Now, when I do my notes, I like to, uh, you know, put together the over-unders, the, the, 
it, you know the the points the spread here between what team it gives good indication it gives a strong indication uh where uh what the game script might look like what the the game flow might look like and where do i find all that stuff i find it using the player profiler edge uh, you can use the edge feature for football you can use it for basketball you can use it for hockey you can use it for college sports college hockey i mean college basketball college football you can use it for soccer you can use it for tennis i mean the the edge tool is fantastic for all your all your betting needs. It has all the lines you need, money line spread, the totals, all that good stuff. And I like to use it personally when I'm using when I'm breaking down my show notes. When I'm building out my show notes, using the the spread, trying to find the over under, uh, I turn to nothing else other than the player profiler edge. It's a fantastic tool to use right here on the player profile website. It's just one of a number of great tools that we provide at playerprofiler.com. And the edge is may, if you're, if you're a gambling folk, if you're a fantasy guy, if you are in, if you're, if you're looking at sports through the lens of gambling or, or fantasy, the player profile edge is such a fantastic tool to use. So make sure you use that. Go to playerprofile.com, click the edge uh, icon there at the top of the screen where you can find all our different pla- our different tools and different uh, resources. So the player profile edge is fantastic. Make sure you're checking it out if you're gambling or playing fantasy. Like I said, no homework, ladies and gents, tonight. Nothing else. I know you got your hands full trying to win your matchup, so I'm not going to give you any type of homework, but I do have a final thought. You know, doing the show and, and doing a lot of trade talk, and now I'm doing trade gods with Jason Allwine. Uh, I'm starting to think – I. I think team, I mean, leagues should push back their deadline. There are rules you can put in place to make it so uh, there ain't any shenanigans going on. Uh, in my home league, we have rules. If you don't roster your first-round pick next year, you can't make trades in the playoffs because it could be done kind of, you know, kind of sleazily. Um, but there are things you can do. But if you keep that trade deadline going, it allows for teams to 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 get dirty with it, get to put in the work. I've talked about it before. The only thing that we can do as fantasy managers is make trades, make pickups. Once the game starts, it's out of our hands. And I like I think I like the idea of pushing the trade deadline back. I think more leagues should use that that practice to 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 have a late a later in later and later trade deadline uh, because it's just fun. It's a part of the game that we all love. And, and now this year, you know, working uh, on the game plan and working on trade gods, it's I'm realizing that a lot of leagues, their deadline have come and gone. Now they're just kind of at the behold. They're just kind of waiting to see what happens. And because of that, I think these leagues get your league. Talk to your commission. Just ask them. Hey, commission, hey, come talk to them. What do, what do you think about pushing the trade deadline back? That's what, that's what I think. Maddie Cuban said that we should push our trade deadline back. may not work, but you should try because I think it's just a lot of fun to keep that uh, that stream of, of, of effort, of, that, of possibilities to better your team. Keep that open. Keep that avenue open. It's fun. That's what I like to do. So that's my final thought. And that's actually the end of episode 13. Uh, thank, you, thank you guys so much for checking it out. Uh, I'm going to go back and enjoy the rest of my vacation. But please subscribe to Player Profiler's YouTube channel if you're not already. And please smash that like button. Get those likes up, 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 up. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Maddie Kiwum. Uh, the Fantasy Football uh Supermarket article is coming out on the playerprofile.com this weekend. So check that out. Make sure you go to TikTok and check out both of the Player Profiler channels there. Uh, check out our IG and check out my show Trade Gods with Jason Allwine comes out on Wednesdays. Uh, yeah, get all that good stuff and uh, keep game planning. And I'll talk to you all next week. Peace.